Whatever they were in life, here at the end, each man stood with courage and honor. They fought for the ones that couldn't fight for themselves, and they died for them too, all to win something that didn't belong to them. It was magnificent. Amen and amen. The Magnificent Seven was released in 2016 and stars Denzel Washington in the lead and a bunch of other people to make up an amazing cast and was directed by Antoine Fuqua, which sounds French, but he is such a good director that we will forgive him for that. Full disclosure, this has got to be one of the best movies ever. Whatever it lacks, it makes up for in sheer awesomeness. This movie contains all of the Western tropes, but does them well, which makes it even cooler. The movie begins in a church in Rose Creek in 1879, with the desperate townspeople trying to figure out what to do. They've all sacrificed much to start this town and create a better way of life for themselves and their children. And now their very existence is being threatened by the wicked robber baron, the gold-mining tycoon Bartholomew Bogue. It's then Bogue walks into the church with a bunch of hired guns and tells them he'll give them pennies on the dollar for their land and that they better take it because they're not going to get a better deal. His men then start firing off rounds in the church, which forces everyone to rush out. They then start the church on fire and beat up the pastor outside the church. Matthew Cullen stands up to Bogue and asks him what type of man he is that he would do this. Bogue shoots him in front of his wife, Emma. Some other men try to intercede, and they shoot them too. As a woman tries to run away, bad Indian guy hits her in the back with a tomahawk, clearly letting you know what type of people you're dealing with. We then meet bounty hunter, U.S. Marshal, and warrant officer Sam Chisholm, played by Denzel Washington, as he walks into the typical bar saloon through the double swinging doors, and it's about as cool as you can imagine. And he is wearing all black, which makes it just a little bit cooler. After a showdown with the bartender and some of his gang, whom Chisholm was hunting because there was a warrant out for his arrest, and some of his men killing them, all easily, which causes a bit of a stir in the town. After Chisholm tells the local officials that he is a marshal and that this man has a warrant out for his arrest, they let Chisholm go his way. It just so happens that Emma, Matthew's wife, and her friend Teddy were in this town looking for hired guns to defend them against Bogue and his men. Emma approaches Chisholm and makes him aware of the situation and that Bogue is tyrannizing their town. Chisholm is familiar with the name Bogue and tells her she needs an army. She tells him they'll pay him and throws him a bag of money. He asks, what's this? She says, it's everything we have. It's what it's worth to us. He says, I've been offered a lot for my work, but never everything. And then he says, so it's vengeance you seek. She says, it's righteousness I seek, as should we all, but I'll settle for vengeance, which is just one of a multitude of amazing lines in this film. Chisholm then finds his first recruit to take on Bogue, gambler and sharpshooter Joshua Faraday, played by Chris Pratt. Faraday asks, is the job hard? To which Chisholm responds, impossible. It reminds me of the ad Ernest Shackleton put out to recruit men for his expedition of the Arctic. Quote, men wanted for hazardous journey, low wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness, safe return, doubtful, 
honor and recognition in event of success. End quote. Faraday agrees, and the two set out to recruit several other men whose reputation precedes them. You have the Mexican outlaw Vasquez, the former Confederate sniper and marksman Goodnight Robichaud, and his assassin friend Billy Rocks, and the tracker Jack Horn, and the outcast Comanche warrior Red Harvest. I think Fuqua does an amazing job developing these characters with subtle comments they make here and there throughout. These men are all amazing men, but outcasts in some way, and just don't fit into the world they are in. They are all loners, and have all suffered great loss, and are marked by that loss, and all have struggles with their past. Whether it's Robichaud's extreme PTSD, or Horn's comment over dinner that he had a wife and a child once, or his comment to Chisholm about turning in Indian scalps for money being, quote, part of it, referring to his past, or Faraday's comment about the people he's killed haunting him. We see this clearly in Chisholm at the end of the film, where we learn that his mother and younger sisters were raped and murdered, and that he was the product of a failed lynching. At one point, Robichaud even tells Chisholm that he just wants to make sure they're fighting the battle in front of them and not behind them. All of these men are terribly scarred, and alone for a reason. And yet none of them are victims. And though their motives may seem sketchy at first for taking the job to protect the town, you realize that they are all driven by a greater sense of honor and duty. They all want righteousness, but will settle for vengeance. The seven make it to Rose Creek and have an awesome shootout with some of Bogue's men who are watching over the town. They then set out to prepare the town for the fight that's coming their way. As the men prepare to defend the town, we see them beginning to overcome their differences. The common mission, which is bigger than any of them individually, enables them to see beyond their differences and beyond their past and actually gain a mutual respect for one another, which leads to one of the coolest lines in the movie that comes from Horn the night before the battle. Robichaud, haunted by his past, decides to abandon the mission and the town. Chisholm tells him that it's not just the people of the town and the men that he will be letting down, but himself. Robichaud leaves anyway. Chisholm tells the remaining men that they can all leave as well. They all decide to stay and fight, leading Horn to say, quote, I knew that tomorrow was going to be a dark day, and now that there is one less of us, it's going to be even darker. But to be in the service of others, with men that I respect like you all, I shouldn't have to ask for more than that. End quote. Bogue arrives with his army for the final battle, and it's wonderful. All of the men are given their time of heroism and valor in the battle. Robichaud returns in the middle of the fight and is pretty cool. I think one of the reasons why this movie is so awesome is because there are actual consequences. There is an actual cost involved in duty and honor and valor. There is an actual cost in pursuing righteousness. This world is filled with devils and dragons that need to die, but sometimes good men are taken out too. Out of the seven, four of them die in the fight, and when they do, you actually care, unlike most of the crap that's put out today. This leads to a one-on-one -on -one between Bogue and Chisholm. Chisholm letting Bogue know what his motivation is. Chisholm shoots Bogue in the leg, forcing him to crawl into the remains of the church that he burnt down. Chisholm reluctantly pursues him in there. 
As Chisholm takes the scarf off of his neck, you see a terrible scar from the failed lynching. He then wraps the scarf around Bogue's neck. So focused on revenge, he doesn't see that Bogue was able to pull a gun from his boot. As Bogue is just about to shoot Chisholm, Emma shoots Bogue from across the church. You can see in Chisholm's face that he realizes his anger and desire for revenge almost got the better of him. In the end, vengeance was not the verdict. It was righteousness. Chisholm leaves the church and surveys the wreckage of the town and learns that the outlaw and the warrior are the only two who survived. As they ride off into the sunset, we see four graves marked with crosses and hear the voiceover by Emma. Quote, Whatever they were in life, here at the end, each man stood with courage and honor. They fought for the ones that couldn't fight for themselves, and they died for them too, all to win something that didn't belong to them. It was magnificent. To which I add again, amen and amen. Does this movie pass the man test? Absolutely 100%. It gets a 100 on the Rotten Tomatoes Man Index. You have seven men sacrificing themselves for the sake of righteousness and in order to defend a town, particularly women and children, from a wicked tyrant. The pace of the movie is great. There is no wasted dialogue. The shootouts are great. But the brotherhood of men is what makes this movie. What about Christian worldview? What can Christians learn from this film? Hopefully, a desire for righteousness and justice, understanding that when the wicked perish, there are shouts of gladness. Not only that, but also the themes of duty and honor and self-sacrifice. Christianity being the religion of self-sacrificial love. But the tender-hearted among us may be tempted to say, yes, but the Magnificent Seven is bloody and violent. To which we would add, duh, how do you think Christ died? The pursuit of righteousness and justice is bloody, and this is one of the major themes of the scriptures. The wages for sin is death, but thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, who received what we deserved, whose sin-atoning death removes our guilt and liberates us from the oppression of sin and death, the most wicked tyrant of all. All men will receive judgment for all of the deeds done in the flesh, either in Christ or outside of Christ. Our God is a just and holy God. As his image bearers, it is why we long for justice. But as sinners, we seem to always think that we are the ones exempt from it. There is a subtle line between justice and vengeance. And maybe this movie helps us to see the distinction between the two and helps give us a longing for the one, while also helps us to see what it costs in a world gone bad. However, I think the most value added in this film is in the brotherhood of men. If any of these men walked into a church, most would crap their pants and reach for their therapy hamster and put on their masks as to not be infected by whatever these men have because it just seems so toxic. These men were dangerous men, but they had it under voluntary control. These men were dangerous men, but they were the ones riding into harm's way protecting women and children from dragons. These men were dangerous men, shunned by the world and scarred by loss, but they were the ones still fighting, and it's magnificent.
When the men had a common mission and a common enemy, they were able to overcome their differences and compound their strength and awesomeness, becoming something much greater collectively than they ever could have been individually. This is a glorious picture of masculinity and the church, and it is also the greatest need of our day. Will the church ever learn this lesson? Unfortunately, probably not without a lot more loss and suffering. Overall, I give this movie an A+.